dwell with us, King of glory. Your word teaches that one day in the course of the Lord is far better than a thousand days elsewhere. And your psalmist prayed and said that I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my Lord rather than dwelling in the tents of the wicked. We delight in your presence, O oh Father, for your presence is life unto us. Your presence is light. Your presence is the fulfillment, my heavenly Savior, of who we are meant to be. It is our prayer, my King of glory, that we shall delight to dwell with you in every way. We want to pray today that for people that feel like they are disjointed in their spirits, in their lives, for things that are not going well right now, and you feel like you're living in captivity, just like the Queen of Israel were in Babylon, may the Lord restore you into your rightful positions. May you dwell once again in the tents of the Almighty. May you experience the peace that comes out of a dwelling in the tent of the Lord. We bless the King of glory. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed and believed. Amen. Amen. Friends, I, I, I don't know whether you um, get to understand what it means to dwell with someone that you really, really, really love. You see, people that have been in love are going to be um, very easily understanding this. Like you long to be with someone and you cannot see them. Maybe you work... Um, you know, at, 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 at a job that is very far away, and you long to go and and be with this particular person. Actually, the psalmist writes somewhere and he says, Oh Lord, how long will I, will you come to me? How long will I dwell with you? That kind of thing. There's a joy that you feel within you when you're dwelling with someone that you love, when you're living with someone that you love, when the house is in order, when things are okay. Friends, this is the promise that God makes to the children of Israel or Judah right now. And this is what we are going to be looking at today. Our theme um, on our yet um, fourth day in the book of Zechariah, in our study of Zechariah, is entitled, I'll dwell in you with protection and favor. Uh, th this is what the Lord says, I'll dwell in you um, with protection and favor. Uh, we are going to be doing Zechariah chapter 2. This is our um, um, third vision, third out of eight uh, visions of the night that Zechariah beheld uh, about the reconstruction, um, the restoration of Judah and the return of the Lord with hope and joy in the lives of these people. And uh, like we said, uh, some of these things are millennial in nature. They are not uh, close by. They're not things that you're going to see uh, close by, but they really, really bring hope and, and many were fulfilled and men are going to be coming uh, later on. And permit me to do Zechariah chapter 2 right now. Zechariah chapter 2. Um, it has 13 verses, 13 wonderful verses. I want us to be very fast and also uh, brief so we can uh, uh, make the message concise for us to understand it. He says, Then I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, there was a man with a measuring line in his hand. So I said, Where are you going? And he said to me, to measure Jerusalem, to see how wide it is and how long it is. And behold, the angel who was speaking with me was going out, and another angel was coming out to meet him <clears throat> and say to him, Run and speak to the young man, saying, Jerusalem will be inhabited without walls because of the multitude of men and cattle within it. For I, declares the Lord, will be a wall of fire, I love that, around her, and I will be uh, the glory in her midst. Oh, there, 
Flee from the land of the north, declares the Lord, for I have dispersed you as at the four winds of the heavens, declares the Lord. Ho, Zion, escape you who are living with the daughter of Babylon. Uh, for thus says the Lord of hosts, after glory he has sent me against the nations which uh, plunder you. For he who touches you touches the apple of his eyes. My friends know that I love this verse. For behold, I will wave my hand over um, them so that they will be plunder for their slaves. Then you know that the Lord of hosts has sent me. Sing for joy and be glad, O daughter of Zion. For behold, I am coming and I will dwell in your midst, declares the Lord. Many nations will join themselves uh, to the Lord in that day and will become my people. Then I will dwell in your midst, has sent me to you. Eh? And you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. Yes, the Lord will possess Judah as his portion in the land and will again choose Jerusalem. Be silent, all flesh, before the Lord, for he is aroused from his holy habitation. The word of the Lord. Now, friends, um, this vision, just like uh, the one that we saw yesterday, the vision of the four horns and the four craftsmen, is a vision of hope and restoration. It's a promise of, of hope and restoration to the killing of Israel. Just uh, to shed a picture a little bit here for us to understand what was happening. As Zechariah sees this vision, Jerusalem is, is, is forsaken, is, is in ruins. It is not reconstructed yet. It, it is fallen. It is there. The temple is not complete. The walls are down. It is not, you know, habited yet. And there is still a big number of people where in Babylon, they are still in captivity. And remember, these are the people of God that the Lord promised that uh, he would uh, surely bless the world through. But look at how uh, they are appearing right now. So the situation of this bad. There are times as believers, um, there are times we don't actually look what we should be. People are meant to look at you for life and you don't have life. And uh, maybe we are falling sick quite often and uh, we are meant to pray for others and we actually pray for others and they are delivered. And people are like, where is his uh, God? Eh? Uh, where is where where is the Lord? Where is your God? Where is he? <laughs> where is he? And sometimes I run short of words in Uganda and English. Eh? And sometimes we are meant to tell them, you know what? My God is in heaven and is going to come and he shall sit with me even when I'm not worthy to be sitting with him. I am not worthy, but he will surely come back. He will sit next to me. I am not worthy. I am not worthy, but I know he shall surely come like we shall see in Ezekiel. He will come. Uh, this is where we said we should uh, post this song. Someone should look for this song and post it. I don't think Josh is online. Eh? Don Moen sang and said, Yes, I will come and save you. Yeah, I will come and save you. Eh? He will come and save me. He, he will surely come. Lift up your eyes again. You see, your God will surely come. He will come. There are times you're in that pathetic um, situation and people look at you and, and you're like, I mean, 
they, 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 they seem to be nothing godly about you in as far as salvation, a physical salvation is concerned. And people seem to ask, where is your God? Uh, people like Dorothy should post that song today so we can get it here online. You get it? So this is the situation through which the Lord says, you know what? I'm going to come and I will dwell in you with protection and favor. Once the Lord is dwelling in you, friend, there are things that are brought uh, to pass. So what the passage actually says, uh, there are about four things. One, God says Jerusalem, even when it looks pathetic right now, will be reconstructed. And not just reconstructed in a small way, but in a mega way, mega great way, is going to be reconstructed. Then, secondly, uh, he says that um, he says that therefore come and uh, you shall be it shall be re-inhabited. You shall once again be drawn out of captivity, and you shall dwell in Jerusalem. And then three, uh, he says, I am going to come and I shall dwell in you, and I shall dwell in you. And then uh, lastly, basically, you shall sing for joy. You'll enjoy the favor that I am going to restore in your midst. Now, uh, Zechariah begins by seeing what? He lifts up his eyes and we say that means pondering upon what God is doing. And he looks and what does he see? At this time, he sees a man with a measuring line. Now, in scripture, usually that points to reconstruction. That points to reconstruction. It's not like... Um, it's not like having a, what uh, this in Hosea he speaks of a plumb line. Usually, a plumb line points to judgment. Yeah, walls are crooked and they are going to be broken. But usually, measuring lines point to reconstruction. Now, uh, different from the other vision that we saw in this particular vision. Zechariah is directly speaking to the man with the measuring line. He is getting that close, uh, and. Then next, he sees the angel that was speaking to him before, interpreting to him the visions, whom himself is speaking to another angel. Now, this other angel sees the young man uh, going in the plumb line, and then he speaks to the angel, interpreting angel of Zechariah, and he tells him, what? Run! Go and talk to that young man. Even when he's taking the dimensions for the future reconstruction of Jerusalem, let him know, let him put it in mind. <laughs> that the city that is measuring is not going to have the wall. Go, tell him it is that urgent. Let him know that as the city gets reconstructed, it's not going to have walls. Why? It will not be necessary. It will be so packed up, so filled up with people, so graciously, so peacefully, and it will be so protected that there will be no need for walls. That is what we see there to start with. Praise the Lord. Four things. One, Jerusalem will be reconstructed, or we shall be reconstructed as well. Two, uh, we shall re-inhabit Jerusalem. Uh, Jerusalem shall be re-inhabited, re or Zion shall be re-inhabited. Uh, three, God will dwell in the midst of Zion. And lastly, we shall see his favor, or Jerusalem will see uh, God's favor. So one, Jerusalem shall surely be reconstructed, and is an immense way of reconstructing it. Look at here. Uh, look at this here, my dear friend. Um, uh, verse 4, he says, And say to him, Run, speak to the young man, saying, Jerusalem will be inhabited without walls because of the multitude of men and cattle within it. For I, declares the Lord, will be a wall of fire around her and will be the glory in our midst. Friends, I want you to look at this. I think I should break this message into two so it, it, it really is easy for us to, you know, um, take in. 
God is saying, I'm going to reconstruct Jerusalem. That even when it looks forsaken, even when it looks to be in ruins, I am personally going to reconstruct it. That, that is what he says. Friends, and God says here that he's going to reconstruct Jerusalem and it will be without walls. I want you to see that. Now, you may not understand clearly why he's speaking of the reconstruction of Jerusalem, but uh, we can see this in Nehemiah uh, chapter 11, chapter 7. All those uh, point out the pathetic situation into which uh, the city was. Let me show you what was happening. Um, in Nehemiah 11, 1, 2, it says, Now the leaders of the people settled in Jerusalem. The rest of the people cast lots to bring out every ten of them to live in Jerusalem, the holy city, while the remaining nine were to stay in their own towns. The people commanded all who volunteered to live in Jerusalem. <laughs> you see that? It was, it was terrible as things stand right now. People had to be chosen and kind of to be pleaded with and to be chosen by, by Lord to come and live in Jerusalem. It was that bad. Things were not good. Now, we are speaking of a, a future date right now, of what God is going to uh, be doing. As we speak, this is how Jerusalem looks. It, um, um, Nehemiah is trying to put up a wall and uh, a gate, and then the people that are going to come, some of them have gotten to be chosen by lot some of them have gotten to volunteer and those that are volunteering are what being hailed as heroes because it wasn't a very nice thing to live in jerusalem then you were prone to attacks sometimes to live in faith and to do what god requires of you um is going to take a lot of commitment and a lot of effort my dear friend and things don't look at that good in nehemiah 7 4 he says, now the city was large and spacious, but there were few people in it, and the houses had not been rebuilt. Eh? So my God put it into my heart to assemble the nobles, the officials, and um, uh, so on and so forth. You see, my point is Jerusalem was pathetic at the moment, and it had to be worked upon. But God says, you know what? I am going to reconstruct it as a city that will not even have walls. Why? Because I myself will be a wall of fire around her, and I will be the glory in her midst. Now listen to this. This is reminiscent of um, uh, what God did in the Exodus. You remember Exodus 13, 21, when God says that, and I'll go out um, before them as a pillar of cloud during day and as a pillar of fire in the night, such that they shall be able to travel day and night, that they shall be protected. This is what he basically means. In 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 15 to 17, when um, Prophet Elisha and Gehazi were attacked um, by these Assyrians, when they came to them, you remember what the prophet said? He, he, he said, oh God, open up the eyes of the young man that he may see that um, th th there is a great army that many are for us than those that are for them. And then when he opened up his eyes, he realized that there, was, there were chariots of fire all around them. You see that? God protects his people. There is something about fire and the Lord. <laughs> because in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 29, he says that he is, that, 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 that I am a fire, eh? and that I am a God of fire. You, you understand that? And so on and so forth. This is what God is, 
is saying here in Isaiah chapter 4 in verse 5 and 6 God affirms this and I don't think today we shall go beyond that I really want uh, to do this small bit such that they shall sink in and properly so in, in Isaiah chapter 4 and, and verse um, uh, 5 and, and 6 God uh, speaks and says uh, the, the same thing in that direction as well affirming the fact that he can be the protection of his people isaiah 4 uh, 5 he says then the lord will create over all of mount zion and over those who assemble there a cloud of smoke by day and a glow of flaming fire by night over everything the glory will be a canopy you, you hear that uh, this is how great uh, the lord is going to protect his people now friends you may be living in a life right now um of desolation of abandonment and you appear like god is not with you and people are asking where is his god and you are in pain you're in torment but you know what god is saying i shall return uh, to zion and i am going to reconstruct a uh, zion and its walls will not be necessary because i shall be the walls there and god abides with you as a wall of fire now these people had been led into captivity because of their sin you, you, you see that? And now they, they had repented. Uh, so we presume because God had uh, started bringing them back after the, the, the years of captivity. And now they had repented. Now what is happening right now is sometimes we could be led into captivity because of our personal sin and we repent, but still situations appear like we uh, things have, have not been restored. And sometimes you're led into uh, situations that are binding you, not because you've sinned, but uh, you're living under torment in one way or the other. You know what? God can restore us. And once again, He can have, uh, we can have our peace. Um, back in the Lord. And um, the, the, this is what we are talking about here. I don't know what you're going through, but friend, God can restore you and uh, he can be your ring of fire. I remember I was ministering um, in Lugazi and uh, friends, um, these things are really, really right. God puts an army before you that you don't know. God comes as a mighty circle of protection or ring of protection before you. When I ministered there, God did great and mighty things. And friends, I'm not special in any way, but I want to assure you that um, sometimes the Lord that uh, the things that God does are invisible. You cannot see them, but they are so real. They are so real, like you see in Zechariah chapter 1. And uh, th there was commissioned upon my life and family a devil worshiper that was meant to destroy our lives. But later this guy came, uh, this lady came to faith and she was testifying in one of our conferences, even in my absence, and said that every time I tried to attack that mine, I realized that there was a ring of fire. And I said, what? What? You see that, friends? Our God is so real and intentional about our relationship with him. Now, what Zechariah is speaking about is not going to be fulfilled until the millennium period. Uh, yeah, millennium means a thousand. There, there are a thousand years that uh, Christ is going to reign down here on earth. But he is the same God that reigns now and protects us even as we speak. Would you put your faith in the Lord and trust him? Would you count on him even when you seem to have nothing uh, that... Um, draws you to trusting in him right now he cares about you let me just do two uh, verses here and then i'll be uh, winding up one is in isaiah 49 one is in isaiah 49 and you're going to see 
uh, what the Lord says here, wonderful, beautiful piece of scripture, uh, which he speaks about uh, his people. Uh, you, you see, and uh, in line with this connection, in Isaiah 49, his glorious uh, things that God speaks of, uh, what he's going to be doing in the lives of his people. Um, he says, uh, um, his promise to Zion, um, he says, um, one, he says, listen to me, O islands, and pay attention, uh, you peoples. From afar, the Lord has called me uh, from the womb, from the Lord of, uh, from the body of my mother. He named me. Um, I'm going to be skipping until I get to that very point. Then verse 4, he says, but I said, I've toyed in vain. I've spent uh, my strength for nothing and vanity. Yet surely the justice due to me is with the Lord and my reward with God. And now says the Lord who formed me from the womb of his servant to bring Jacob back to him so that Israel might be gathered to him. For I am honored in the sight of the Lord and my God is my strength. He says, is it too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up my um, the tribes of Jacob and to restore the persecuted ones of Israel? I also make you a light of the nation so that my salvation may reach uh, to the end of the earth. That says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and his Holy One. Uh, praise the Lord. Now listen, it is getting to where I really, really love. Verse 7, that says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel, and it's it's holy one to the despised one to the one abide by the nation to the servants of the rulers kings will see and arise princes will also bow down because of the lord who is faithful the holy one of israel who has chosen you that says the lord in a favorite time i have answered you and in the door of salvation i have helped you and i will keep you and give you for a covenant a people to restore the land uh, you, you see that so what the lord is basically saying here he says i'm going to restore you and kings are going to be your servants you see and they sh you shall circle at uh the, the breaths of kings that, that that is deep and he says if lo if royalty comes and is serving you uh, that is that is very deep my friend even when your situation looks bad and terrible right now, but God is going to restore you and God is going to care for you. Now, it is not as deep as it gets in verse 19 and 20. This is basically what I want. I was laying a foundation. Isaiah 49, 19 and 20 says, For your waste and desolate places and your destroyed land, surely now you will be too cramped for the inhabitants and those who swallowed you will be far away. The children of whom you were bereaved of will yet say in your ears, the place is too cramped for me. Make room for me that I may live here. Praise the Lord. That your place is going to be too small and I'll finally, I'll finally restore you. I'll finally restore you. Um, in Revelation chapter 21, finally he speaks of the new city, the new Jerusalem that is going to reconstruct and this is how it will appear like. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, uh, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city and the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, 
prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God is dwelling. God is dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old, old order of things has passed away. He who um, was seated on the throne uh, said, I am making everything new. And then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy. Friends, God makes these promises and many of these, some of these have not been fulfilled right now, but you need to know that God is faithful. And this is why he says in Habakkuk, uh, that for uh, in Habakkuk 2 for that uh, my righteous one shall live by faith, but the wicked and the proud in their heart uh, will, will reap scorn or wrath, but the right, righteous one shall live by faith. And he says uh, that when you're walking, um, um, we've been saved by hope, but hope that is sin is not hope, but in hope we are standing. And he says, if we are counting on hope, we therefore persevere you see that may god uphold you you're going through a very hard time right now probably you're like jerusalem at that point uh, because of sickness probably because of you know the, the debts uh, maybe because of a dysfunctional relationship and stuff of that nature but god is saying a time is coming when i'm going to redeem you out of that he also says lift up your eyes and see right there even in the midst of your situation a dear zion i am with you and you know what I am the source of your hope. May the Lord bless you, even as we focus on him. God bless you.